Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Inquisitive Pig Podcast, where I'm basically just trying to figure stuff out that hopefully helps you along the way. So today we're talking about talking. I had a great conversation with Brendan, who runs the YouTube channel Master Talk. Brendan gives some great tips on how to improve your communication, and we delve into why this is such an important aspect of life, not just from a career perspective, but in your personal relationships too. So listen on if you'd like to know where to start with improving how you communicate. And for more stuff like this, head to the Inquisitive Pig website. Enjoy. Hi, Brendan. How are you doing? Good, Alex. How are you, Ben? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Um, I'd like to know, why did you set up Master Talk? Yeah, for sure. So how it started was when I was in college, I went to business school and I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So all the guys <laughs> my age were playing like baseball or footy or rugby or cricket. I wasn't one of those guys, Alex. I did professional sports for nerds, which was presentations. Wow. And that's how I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, I started coaching a lot of the students in those programs, mostly for free back then, just to help them to communicate better so they'd win these competitions. And that's what accidentally led to Master Talk because I realized that everything that I was sharing with them wasn't available for free on the internet. So I just started making videos to help people. And then a few years later, it just turned into something I never could have imagined. Cool. Okay, so it's been going for a few years now, has it been? Yeah, I've been coaching for seven. So I started when I was 19 and I started the YouTube channel three, almost four years ago. Okay. Okay. So as well as having a YouTube channel, you also have a business that coaches people on how to speak more confidently. Correct. But that business got built by accident. So for the first three years of my coaching career, I actually coached for free. I didn't even know you could charge for it. I didn't even know it was a business because I was working at IBM full time while I was making these videos for fun. That was my job that I lined up from those case competitions. And then outside of work, I would just post videos. And then I met my business partner who said, you know, you could charge money for people to work with you. Right. And I was like, what? And and now he was right. I, I do this full time now and it's it's gone well. Okay. And so what sort of clients do you have? Do you have like a, a wide range of people? What's your sort of typical or is there a typical client that comes to you? Great question, Alex. So I actually wondered this too. Who would pay for a communication code? Long time ago, you know, and I started. Yeah. And I think what I realized is there's a big difference between people who are interested in communication, like who want to learn from it and who are willing to invest in it. So that's actually very two different types of people. Mm -hmm. So my YouTube channel or even this podcast episode is really for people who can't afford my services. So it's people who can just learn all the tips you're going to be talking about today so they can learn. But the person who actually invests in their communication wants to speed up time. That's what I learned in the business. So let's say somebody's an executive who's making $150,000 a year as an example. They'll go, well, why should I watch videos for two years? I can just buy, buy the guy. Like work with the guy who's teaching and he'll teach me all of this in 90 days instead of waiting two years. So I'll just pay him more money for that. So it turned out to be executives, entrepreneurs and coaches mostly. Okay. Yeah, I see. That makes sense. So I want to get into like what some of the best tips are, but just before that, I was just thinking, what are the normal like hurdles that people come up against? So are, are there any, like, do you find as you're doing your coaching that people have the same issues, whether it's a fear of public speaking or, you know, uh, rushing or that kind of thing. Are there similar hurdles that come up? 
Yeah, it's definitely what. What's interesting is the the same hurdles come up whether you're 20 or 60 years old. It's just the context is different. So if you're an executive, it's really about presenting in a boardroom. But if you're 20 years old in college, it's for the classroom. But the principles are the same. And I would say the most important one is just lack of consistency. It's like going to the gym, right? The hardest step is not actually working out. It's making the decision to go. Mm. So a lot of people, they go like, what's the diet plan? What's the calorie intake? Or when people ask me about my YouTube channel, what's the equipment? Did you do somersaults before? What's your editing software? And my answer to all of that is like, yeah, I was just a dude in my basement who had no money and I just started making videos. I just started. Yeah. Same thing with fitness. It's walking 15 minutes a day. If we're not doing that, why do we need to lift anything? Yeah. So the same analogy applies to communication, which of course we'll talk about, like the random word exercise, where you pick a random word like tissue box and you create random presentations out of thin air. Ah, uh, okay. And so is that what the coaching helps to do is, because I find that applies to so many different aspects of life is essentially it's that getting started and it's almost the accountability to keep going, whether it's to yourself or whether it's to other people. So I have a little startup at the moment and there are four of us and it's that accountability. We, so what, what we've actually done is we put financial accountability on it. So if we don't do work on the startup within a week, because we're all you know got other jobs, busy lives. So if we don't do the work, we have to pay into the business. So it gives us a real accountability kick. So you know, on a Sunday evening when I haven't done it, I'm like, do I wanna pay 250 pounds to the business? No, I don't. So I'll just sit and do some work right with the film on or whatever but it's a really good way of like motivating to get something done so i suppose that sort of yeah the getting started is a is a good applies across all sorts of walks of life absolutely that's super cool alex i love that idea i i, I feel it's all about you know and and your example demonstrate this and it, and the answer is not always a coach because coaches are expensive right it won't it won't run you hundreds it'll run you thousands mm. if you really want to work with a good one but i would say what you said was so key is find the motivation that drives you. So what drives me is very different than what drives you mm. and what drives somebody else or, or for, for like a mother of seven children, what drives her is to go, I need to feed my family. I need to go, it's like, I don't have seven kids, so that won't work. <laughs> so it's all about figuring out what is that motivation. But that's actually one of the fundamental problems. Most of us in communication aren't motivated enough to do it. Like, why is this important? I already know how to talk. I don't know how to communicate. So we need to find that reason for us that pushes us to do the exercises and get better. Okay, that's such a good point. Yeah, so what, so what is that for most people? Like, let's say we go back to your sort of typical client, whether they're an executive or an entrepreneur. I suppose it might be obvious, but what is the why? Like why for them is communication so important? Beautiful question. So you're correct. For everyone, the answer is different. So I believe we all have those answers. It's just some people take it more seriously than others. Mm -hmm. So for example, let's take a simple one. If you're a mother listening to this, you want to raise your children better. Communication is so essential because the way you talk to them is the way you're setting an example for them. If you're yelling all the time, let's say you're significant. And that's true. Father, it's not just mother, father to mother too. Mm -hmm. You're setting that example. So kids will say, okay, I'm supposed to yell at people when I'm interacting with them, when I'm having conversations. And that's the lesson they learn. Making new friends. If we don't know how to communicate properly, like you're clearly someone who's really social. You're just good at like making conversation. But if you're not good at that, it's really hard to like meet new people and like engage into conversation, things like that. So that's the other piece is, is being more social. In terms of the people I work with in more of a private basis, their whys are, are very different. So it's something like, 
I want to change the world. Like, I want to impact millions of people across the world. So obviously, like, communication is like, yeah, I, sh I probably shouldn't just listen to podcasts all day. I should really take this seriously. Yeah. That's one piece. Uh, another piece is, you know, you're an executive and you want to be the CEO of the company. So you're like, okay, uh, like I need another level of accountability that my current circle is not delivering for me. I need somebody like, it's like a, if you want to be an Olympic athlete, like you're not going to hire some coach off the street. You're going to hire somebody who has already trained Olympic athletes and you're going to pay them a premium. So that's their why. And for me really quick, my why is I want to empower every human being on earth to be a great speaker. Mm -hmm. That's why I share everything for free. Because mm. I want people to have access to, and that why drives me to show up as if I, as if you paid me a hundred thousand dollars to be on this podcast. That's like the mindset I always have, and I'm not always perfect, but that mindset definitely helps. That's great. I like that. That's quite inspiring in itself to oh, have that, like uh, have that drive. And I, I think you're right that certainly. So uh, yeah, I, I went to drama school um, in a different life, and I, I found that. Some of the lessons that we learned there, especially about communication and about having a clear story and making sure that story is communicated well and how that story is communicated, I found that that applies to so many areas in business. So in my sort of entrepreneurial work, how you communicate your story and your vision and your mission, basically it is the main work of the founder or ceo right it's like if you can't convince other people of your story and the only way you can convince them is through compelling communication essentially whether that is using facts and graphs and charts and all that stuff as well that's still a form of communication but the only way to compel them is with great communication so i find that yeah there are some the more i'm thinking about it now the more it applies to so many different areas of of life it's interesting yeah, absolutely. And a good way of thinking about this, Alex, is for me, communication is an accelerant of dreams. So it doesn't really matter what we want in life. Usually communication plays a part in that. That's why I always ask these three questions. What do you want in life? What are your goals? What are your dreams? Who already has what you want? So if you want to build a company, who has already built one? If you want to run a raise a great family, who's a great father in your circle that you're like, well, I wish I was that person. And, but the third question that we never think about or think to ask is what kind of communicator are they? Mm -hmm. The person that has what we want. And it doesn't matter what it is. Owning a restaurant that, that has all the friends you wish you had. But how do they come across? What's their energy like, their presence? And how can we bring a little bit of that into ourselves so that we can have the same results that they do? Great. Okay. And so let I'd like to get into it. What what are the sort of core principles? Like if you <clears throat> were going to start with somebody at the very beginning, so you, you sort of got them to thought about the why, then how do you structure your sort of like guidance? What, what are the kind of big framework pieces that you look at? For sure, Alex. So for me, communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. Yeah. That's always been my perspective. So one of it's like body language, storytelling. You know, you got to tell a clear story. You got to be concise. You got to do eye contact correctly. Your facial expression better be perfect. And it gets really confusing for people. Because mm. like, where do I start? Like, how do I do this? So the question I've always asked myself is what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because if we start with these three, then we could build up the momentum. So I'll pause after every single one so you can jump in as well. So the first one is the random word exercise that we alluded to earlier. Pick a random word, like light bulb, like sync, like computer screen, and create random presentations out of thin air. So there's two reasons why this exercise matters. One, helps you think on your feet. Mm. 
mm. helps me make small talk. If you can deal with these un- these uncertain moments, these random pre- like avocado, make a presentation out of auto- avocado trophy. What happens is it's really easy for you to talk to people because you'll be able to just quick think really quickly and say something witty. The second reason is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. Mm. And that's the power of the random word exercise. So do that a few times ah, a day. Okay. I like that. I like that. a few times a day. Yeah, a few times a day. It takes like a minute, right? So okay. if you do this like three to five times a day, it only takes three to five minutes. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But if you do that for a year, you'll have done it almost 2,000 times, Alex. Yeah. And that's really the magic. It's like fitness. It's mm. not about spending three hours doing like working out until you die. No, it's about doing 15, 20 minutes every day for a year. And that's what creates the results. Yeah, the consistency is where the difference happens. Okay. Okay. So that's one of them. What's the next one? Absolutely. Or, or for the people listening, it could be 30 days. It's not be a year. But like challenge yeah, sure. yourself one week, two weeks. Yeah. So the second one is called the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our life, Alex. On a podcast like I'm being asked right now, mm. at work, at school, from our families, we're always being bombarded with questions. But a lot of us are reactive to those questions. We're not proactive to them. I'll give you an example. A few years ago when I started guesting on podcasts, I was definitely not this relaxed. I was super nervous. I sucked. I remember some guy asked me, he said, Brendan, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at the guy and I said, uh, I don't know, Los Angeles, London, <laughs> you tell me. So I was super reactive. I didn't know how to answer those questions. Hmm. So instead I became proactive, which is every single day for five minutes, five minutes. I would ask myself one question that I thought the world would ask me about my expertise, which in my case was communication. But if you do that every day for a year, Alex, you'll have answered 365 questions about your career, your business, or your life. Mm. So that's exercise number two. Okay, that is a really good one. Especially that that feels, I've never even heard of that sort of advice before, but that is really good, especially from like, uh, like an executive's or an entrepreneur's perspective, like that executive coaching must be so useful because you, you're right. Like if you, if you, when you can see this with like politicians, when they get asked a question that they've never thought about before, they never rehearsed, they go exactly. into, they don't know how to behave. They don't know how to be normal. But then I suppose, do you also practice with people how to build the resilience to when they get a question that they don't know how to answer that because I suppose from an executive perspective you you know you want to seem on top of your brief so if you do get something you don't know you want to respond in the right way right right and, and to make this even more fun to broaden the conversation a little bit even as parents right let's say our kid asks us like where do babies come from do we have an answer for that do we think about that a lot yeah. of people just go they get sprung they go uh, uh I don't know and then you're kind of looking at your significant other and you're kind of, even if I don't have kids and you might not either, but, but you know, it's just those situations too. It helps us prepare for that. But you're absolutely right. So there's two parts to this. One is going easy at the beginning. So what this looks like, the version one of this drill is literally you're alone in your basement and you're typing out the answer to the question. And if you want to add five minutes to the clock, you might open a voice recorder on your phone and just read out the answer that you just wrote down on the paper. So it's simple. Mm-hmm. Like anyone can do that. And you don't need an accountability buddy. You just need to force yourself to do it every day. But then there's different levels to this exercise, which are more intense that might might make people a little bit more uncomfortable, which is more what I do privately. But let's say like the next level might be 
get a group of friends together and prep each other on different questions. Let's say uh, you're a plumber, find three other plumbers in your area and just do questions. With, if you're an accountant, do that with four other accountants. If you're a mother, do this with four other moms. Mm. And it just makes it more fun and you're eating pizza and it's cool. Like it's not some boring exercise. You're going, what was the questions you got asked this week? Oh, I don't know the answers to that. Oh, I would tackle it this way. And you're taking each other's answers. But then, of course, for the CEO executive, it's a little bit more intense, right? It's, okay, we're going to sit in a room for three hours. I'm going to bullet 100 questions to make sure that you're perfect. Yeah. And that's how the, how the different levels play out. And then your question around how do you respond? The most important piece, Alex, if you don't know the answer, is not actually in the actual words. It's how you respond energetically. Example. Yes. yes. Uh, um, oh, that's a good point, Alex. So... Um, let me get back to my team and I'll, I'll let you know versus that's a great point, Alex. Let me get back to my team and I'll let you know. Same piece. I don't know what I'm talking about, but my intonations do. That's so true. Yeah, that's so true. I, I, I find that so much in meetings as well that you can see the people who have really put the effort in and practice this stuff. It's they bring a calm energy. I find that that is the thing that separates leadership from the sort of uh, lower down in, in business is bringing a calm, sort of stable, secure energy to a meeting. And so much of that is done through how you communicate, like your example just then. The first one, if I'm sitting in the meeting room, I'm thinking, oh no, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. They, they're not on top of the brief. Whereas the second example, the second version is, you're like, okay, yeah, they're on it. You know, I'm confident in that person. Okay, interesting. What's what's good is that with so much of this stuff, it seems like it's just about um, having the the thought, basically putting the effort in. It's like you said, it's getting started, so it doesn't. It's not that scary for people, for anybody listening, thinking it. it you know, it's just I've just got to get started and actually start to think about this thing and take it seriously. You know, take work my communication seriously, take my career seriously, whatever it is like to sit down with your fellow plumbers and talk about plumbing is just you taking it seriously. You're going to go, I'm actually going to think about this thing and put some effort in. Yeah. Well said, Alex. I mean, you know, that's why I felt, you know, to use Ted's quote, I felt like you had an idea worth sharing because I think a lot of people in my space overcomplicate this. Oh, let's go into why the fear exists. Why is this there? Why is that? It's like, no, just wake up every day. And look, which brings me to the third point. Well, number three, Sending video messages to the people that you love. It's so simple. Nobody does it. Mm. Make a list of the people who really pour into you. Not like average people that you meet on the street. Like people who really took care of you. Could be a cousin. It could be a best friend. Somebody you met at school. And send them a 20-second video message on Facebook, on a social media platform. And just say, hey, I'm really thinking about you. Love the work that you're doing, Alex. Great conversations. Great podcasts. I really enjoy it. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Wish you a wonderful week. That's it. Hmm. And it's so simple, nobody does it. That's great. And is, so is that the third, that's one of the third things, is it? That's wow. the third piece, yeah. Oh, that's, that's it. Yeah. Like so many people ask me like, oh, how do I post on social media? Like what gear did you use? I go, don't even worry about social media. Hmm. They go, oh, what about haters? I don't worry about haters. Don't worry about posting. Did you send your mother a video message? Like uh, one thing I get my clients to that people can take if they really want to implement this is I get my clients as kids, like they're 10, 12, 14 year old kids to send video messages to their grandparents, to their relatives. 
Mm. And it makes their day. It doesn't matter if they make mistakes. Mm. Like, if you got a video message from an eight-year-old, it wouldn't matter if they're going bad, 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 bad. Like, whatever. You just, like, freak out. You're like, oh, my God. Like, this made my day. Be you know why, Alex, is so important? It's because it teaches us a valuable lesson. Oh. What is communication for? Because a lot of people think communication is a chore. Oh my God, I'm listening to this podcast, I do these exercises, all this homework, mm. versus seeing it as a gift. Like we get to share impact with other people. We don't need to be a YouTube influencer. We don't need to be a podcast host. We just need 20 seconds in a video and a phone. Mm. That's it. So that's such a good point because that's something. So I actually ran a little um, class on this the other day with my uh, work colleagues. Just they found out I went to drama school and they asked me for some communication tips. <laughs> and so we did a whole class and so much of it was on what are you speaking for? So what is the message that you're trying to get across? Because that puts you into an active state of mind because you're thinking about even, you know, if it's just a presentation at work, you're thinking, but what am I actually doing this for? And then you'll find the key bits of information, but also the sort of like, what do I want this person to feel or to how do I want them to think about what do I want them to think about at the end of the presentation? And that can be a really good driving force for your communication, because the other thing that I found it, it forces people to do is to listen. So it forces them to properly look at the other person, look at their audience and think and respond to like, am I landing this message? Because then you might need to change it. So, you, you know, there's no good practicing and then getting up and just doing it how you've practiced it at home. You need to check because then you might think, oh, well, actually they haven't got it. So I need to reiterate it or do it again, but slower or simpler, you know, and it's that feedback, the kind of the listening piece that I found really hit home when I was doing this class. Mm, well mm. said, I love that. Especially the point you drove around connection, right? It's about making people feel seen, heard and understood and having those conversations with them and say, how do I make their day better? How do I hold space for them? How do I be more present? And you're right, it always goes back to intentionality, right? It's like, it's not like these exercises are complicated. It's just that most people who are listening to this podcast, Alex, aren't booking 15 minutes a day in their calendar, 15 minutes hmm. to do all three exercises. That's hmm. the problem. Hmm. Yeah, and so it goes back to that point of just taking it seriously, prioritizing it and putting the time in. So. Okay, so that's a good point. For people to prioritize it, I suppose they need to know what the value is. So can you articulate what have you seen when you're working with your clients? Uh, what, what value have they got from it over and above just being able to sort of feel a bit more confident when they're speaking? Right, and it's separated into three categories that I got from Sean Callagy from Unblind. I think it's a great way to summarize this. More money, more impact, more magic, mm. more money, more impact, more magic. So more money, right? Let's, let's get the, the, the most boring one out of the way. Look, at the end of the day, if you want to be successful in any field, whether it's in your career, in your business, anything, almost everybody at the top is an exceptional communicator because mm. all you're doing at the VP, SVP, C levels is you're managing people. You're not really doing much work. You're working hard, but most of it is coaching your team to do their jobs better. So if you're not a great communicator, it's much harder. It's not impossible. It's much harder to rise through the ranks. That's the first piece. The second piece is more impact. 
So if you're just a better communicator, you could, and it's not about being Tony Robbins. It's not about being Brene Brown. It's about saying like, okay, if I'm brave enough to give a presentation from the 30 people at a church or 15 people in my local school, that's a lot more impactful than having 15 one-on-one conversations and burning out mm. and being like, oh my God, this is so long. Whereas if you just had a, if you were just able to speak on a scene for a hundred people, like, boom, you just spent an hour and impact a hundred lives. Mm. So you're able to take your message and scale it. Whether that message is big or small, it doesn't really matter. It just allows you to share your voice with a lot more people and really be that reassurance. Mm. And then the third piece is just magic, right? Magic is just those areas of life that we don't really think about with communication that help us when we're at a coffee shop in Rome and we see this amazing girl, this person next to us, and we just strike up a conversation with them. And it turns out you have like seven things in common. You're both reading the same book. That's magic. Mm -hmm. It's getting introduced to a friend because you had a great communication. You met him and he said, Oh, you got to come to this party and you go to this party. And you're like, wow, like you, you, all these opportunities happen because you didn't stay in a box. So that's really the magic. It helps us lead a more fulfilling life. Mm. It like, that's so true. It, it, it sounds, it supercharges connection, right? In all, whether it's a connection of, of minds, that's like, I've got this business idea and I need to be able to articulate it to 10, 50, you know, hundred people, whether it's in a room or on a call or whatever it is, I need them to fully understand my idea. So I have to be able to communicate it properly. Or it's the connection of, yeah, like the, the person in the coffee shop that just the one-on-one, or, or like you said, the family member. Why wouldn't you want to connect as fully as possible with a loved one? And great communication helps you to do that. And this is what I found with, with the class is that it helps you to communicate your ideas, right? But the more you think about and practice this stuff, it actually also helps you to receive ideas as well because you start to properly listen. So to change how you speak and how you communicate, you have to listen to yourself. And then you start to listen to other people and you hear a detail that you might not have heard before. So you might listen and pick up on, it sort of, uh, it kind of practices empathy in a way because you might pick on, up on what that person is thinking or feeling by hearing something in their voice that you wouldn't have heard when you've never practiced this stuff. So it adds another level of that connection as well. Does that make sense? Does that? A hundred percent. I completely agree. Specificity, right, is the nuance. When we're having, we're realizing those little extra things that nobody else is catching. That's what really, that that really drives the point. It's like it's like if I told you, hey, I like the design in, on the front of your window, like the the white and the red color. I doubt I doubt <laughs> there's any other or the books in, behind you. Oh, yeah, I doubt yeah. there's anyone who would say that that you've interviewed. And that's why the key is those little details that add all the magic. Yeah, that's right, that's right. It is the detail and that it, it helps in all walks of life, right? Whether it's, yeah, business or, or, or like friendship or relationships, hearing people. There's, um, you know, the School of Life is a is a YouTube channel. It does really and stuff. Butto, yeah. Yeah, great. that's right. And, and uh, they had a video that talked about how um, the, the one thing that, that makes a difference to relationships that ensures that relationships will last in the long term is listening. And unless you can hear detail and listen properly, you can't enact, you know, what the changes that might be necessary to have a fulfilling relationship. So you're right, it's that, that level of detail. 
Oh, that's good. It's good stuff. So, so what's next? Like, what's your hope for Master Talk for your business? What does the next sort of year to five years look like? For sure, man. I'll I'll say it through a story. So I was watching a TikTok the other day, and it was about Taylor Swift, the famous musician, mm. and she wins this award called Woman of the Year, which is an award that Billboard gives out every. It's like a music company, and she's standing in front of that stage, and it's 2014, and she says. Your future woman of the year is 11 years old right now. She's in a choir. She's learning how to sing. And she has big dreams to be somebody. And we need to take care of her. And then what happens is six years go by. And it's 2020. And Billie Eilish becomes the youngest inductee in Billboard's history to win woman of the year oh, wow. at the age of 17. So it's pretty wild. So she gets up on the stage. She's got her big bulky jacket, her big glasses. And she goes, yeah, yeah, what's up, guys? Like, uh, I don't know how I won this award. She just keeps rambling. But then in the last 30 seconds, she says something that really solidifies my mission and why I exist. She looks at the crowd and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when it was, like, 2014, I was watching Taylor Swift's speech, and I was 11 years old. And I was learning how to sing. And I was learning how to do choir and piano. And you all took care of me. So thank you. And then she walks off the stage. And the reason that resonated with me so much, Alex, because I thought about the next Elon Musk. You know, when Elon was 13 years old and he was some kid in South Africa and he was being abused by his dad, nobody cared about him. Mm -hmm. Nobody sat him down and said, hey, you're going to be a superstar someday. You should probably become an exceptional communicator. So the reason I point that out is the next Elon that we don't know who it is could be a girl in Cambodia, seven years old. What are we doing for her? And I realized in that moment that I was the only person thinking about that girl in Cambodia from a communication perspective. So my mission is to be the next Dale Carnegie, not for ego, not for flack, but because if I become the best in the world, I can share all of my knowledge about communication with every human being on the planet so that the next Elon can still learn from me, even if they'll never meet me. And I think that's the powerful vision of my life. That's great, man. That's that's amazing. And uh, yeah, God, I love that. Good story as well. That's a really good way. I've of, refined um, it over the years. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a great way of articulating what you what you want to do. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, look, Brendan, thank you so much for talking to me. This has been such a great conversation. And uh, I love what you're doing with the um, YouTube channel. I think I encourage everybody to check out Master Talks on Master Talk on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, good luck with everything you're doing. It's uh, it's it's interesting stuff. Thanks, Alex, man. Dude, the pleasure was absolutely mine. And then another way people can keep in touch as well, you can come to one of my workshops. I do a free one over Zoom. Okay. And you could register for that at rockstarcommunicator.com. Okay. Is that your website then, Rockstar Communicator? Yeah, it's like a, you can register for like the free workshop we do every two weeks, like our give back to the community okay. and stuff. Cool. Great. Yes. I encourage everyone to do that. Cool. Brendan, thanks so much. Hey, pleasure was mine, man. Thanks for having me.